there's a lot that could go wrong along the mm -hmm. way, which is why it's important to know what you're doing. Um, very important to avoid personal risk. Um, and uh, and you've got to get it right. You've got to buy the right business in the right way, with the right legal advice, with the right financial advice, all of those, all of those things. But the principle of growth in you know what I describe as 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 kangaroo leaps rather than little bunny hops. You know, the bunny hops would get you there maybe one day eventually, but the kangaroo leaps is how can we double our sales? Yeah, overnight. How can we then triple our sales? How can we, you know, become the the largest in our sector um, just by doing half a dozen acquisitions? Welcome to Seven to Eight, our special series on seven to eight figure entrepreneurs. In this special series, I interview million dollar, some ten million dollars, and even some million dollar business owners who uncover their twists and turns in their entrepreneurial adventure in order to help you to avoid the potholes and stick to the fast track. Welcome now to Center Stage, our next special guest. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Jonathan. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, 24 years ago, I first sold a business. And since then, I've bought and sold over 60 businesses. I did my first private equity sale in 2007, uh, but I've bought businesses from private equity. I've turned around struggling businesses. Not my favorite thing to do, I must admit. If you if you don't want to sleep well at night, that's uh, that's certainly something to uh, to keep you awake. <laughs> Um, uh, I bought a lot of businesses during the pandemic. Again, not something I would necessarily advise people to do. Um, and uh, for the last seven years, I've helped other people, mostly owners of businesses, buy other businesses as a way of expanding. And my speciality is helping people do that without risking their own capital. So without reaching into their sort of piggy bank and, um, uh, and, and, and borrowing against their, their real estate. So buying businesses, usually quite sizable businesses and the millions of dollars of revenue um, without putting any personal money into the deal. So funding it 100%. Nice. I love it. So my first question was going to be, how did you get into all of this? But you went over that and <laughs> who do you serve and support? So when it comes to buying businesses and selling them, one, let's kind of get to know you a little bit here. What fascinates you about business in general, and particularly the whole acquisition and Sure. Uh, so so I, I always wanted to be in business, even as a as a teenager. I, I was the um, I was the teenager who who went to the uh, school principal and said, you know, we need a, a, a shop, a school shop for break times. And and I, I, I was the person who went and got all the stock from the um, uh, from from the what we call it cash and carry and uh, and and left left class five minutes early before every break so I could set up the tables and the the school the school shop. Um, so it, it's always been an interest of mine. Um, I find business owners and entrepreneurs um, very interesting. I think uh, if if you're if you're in a room full of business owners, there's never a shortage of anything to um, to talk about. Uh, you can operate very different businesses but you've got a, a massive commonality um which is uh your success is 100 dependent upon you and i've always 
believed in taking full responsibility for your life. And if you don't like it, you should change it um, and take responsibility for 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 the life that that you have. And business owners do that every single day. Um, when it comes to business acquisitions, I, I found that my most successful uh, periods of business have been when I've been buying and selling. Uh, that's just the, the the way it's always been. Um, so I'm an advocate of growing via acquisition because you can just reach your goals a whole lot faster than running more Facebook adverts or or uh, hiring more salespeople. Yeah, if you need an extra million dollars of sales, go and buy a business similar to yours that has a million dollars in sales. And there you go. You've solved your problem. I love the simplicity of how that sounds. So let's get into oh, the a, actuality you, of what it takes. You can do it with your eyes closed. Of yeah, of course. there's so much. There's so much to it. I mean, it's um, there's a lot that could go wrong along the mm -hmm. way, which is why it's important to know what you're doing. Um, very important to avoid personal risk, um, and uh, and you've got to get it right. You've got to buy the right business in the right way with the right legal advice, with the right financial advice, all of those, all of those things. But the principle of growth in you know what i describe as 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 kangaroo leaps rather than little bunny hops you know the bunny hops would get you there maybe one day eventually but the kangaroo leaps is how can we double our sales yeah you know, overnight how can we then triple our sales how can we you know become the the largest in our sector um just by doing half a dozen acquisitions nice so let's kind of back up the bus what position does a business have to be in in order to start looking at the potential for for acquisitions or is it just something that an entrepreneur can go hey i don't really want to start a business let's just go buy one yeah so so, so my clients typically um are a mix of the two so the business owners who want to grow by acquisition um there's there's never a right time to do that uh, you can buy businesses bigger than yourself it's not dependent upon your current size uh, and then 50% of my clients are people who are entrepreneurially minded. Maybe they're currently in corporate life, want to get out of the rat race. Um, maybe they are a property investor, a real estate investor, and want to uh, to do something that maybe has a better return. Um, in the UK at the moment, uh, property investment, real estate investment isn't getting a great return. Uh, so a lot of people are saying, well, how can I how can I take my skills and my knowledge and apply this to business instead? So there's nothing stopping anyone because if you aren't using your own cash, your personal wealth has got nothing to do with your ability to buy the business. Because what most people think is, how can I afford it? So they, they think, well, I'd love this idea of buying a business, but how can I afford it? That's actually the wrong question. A far better question is, how can I fund it? How can I finance it? And then it's a completely different set of answers because now we're looking at different funding and financing methods as opposed to how much money have I got? How can I afford it? Nice. So let's delve into that. What are the ways that somebody could fund a business that's not using their own equity? And what are those uh, methods looking for in oh. order to be able to make that concrete? Yeah, usually it's not one method. You're not okay. doing one thing to finance the acquisition. You're doing several things. I, I call this the deal jigsaw. So the deal jigsaw is where we've got all these different pieces and we need to fit the pieces together to, to get the result that we're looking for. So... Uh, if the business has assets, fixed assets like uh, real estate, planted machinery, uh, then we have asset finance as a, as a real go-to method because 
We use the assets of the business as collateral for the loan. Um, and uh, it is relatively easy to get that type of finance because the collateral is, is there in the real estate or the fixed assets. Um, if the business sells to other businesses, then uh, we have um, what we call invoice finance, where we finance the accounts receivables, and we can use that as part of the um, the the deal jigsaw uh, to piece together the um, the the deal. Uh, there's good old uh, seller finance where um, the seller effectively carries a note. There's uh, uh, for for a percentage of the business. And that's a great way of getting a deal over the line when your other financing pieces don't always fit together perfectly and there's a little bit of a of a shortfall. We can use the cash in the business as well. Um, uh, in many countries throughout the world, uh, there is a, a tax advantage when um, the uh, seller of a business receives payment for the sale of their, their stock, their shares. Um, and uh, we can use that tax advantage to help the seller get a better deal than if they took the cash in the business out of the business prior to selling it. So we take all these different pieces and we fit them together uh, in different percentages uh, to get us to where we want to go. And sometimes even then we can't get all the way. Um, so we can build in uh, some sort of variable compensation that depends upon the future success of the business. And anyone selling a business is always telling you how wonderful it's going to be next year. Well, in this case, they can put their money where their mouth is and uh, we'll pay them more if it is wonderful, but we'll pay them less if it, if maybe they've exaggerated a little bit. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so it's it's a case of, uh, choosing your your tools, if you like, um, uh, to do that particular job, uh, and um, and and piecing it together to get the deal done. Nice. And what would make somebody want to sell their business when they have a a good thriving business that's sellable? Yeah. Um. The the only business you should buy is an established profitable business. Um. And then people always think, well, why would someone sell? an established profitable business. Well, the number one reason is retirement. <laughs> it, um, you can't run it forever. You, you know, uh, when people get to retirement age, and it's obviously different in different people's minds as to what that might be, um, then uh, th there's a, a succession issue. You know, in the old days, people would always pass their business to their children. Uh, but these days, people follow very different careers to their parents and don't necessarily want to do exactly what their parents did. Um, uh, the number two reason for selling a business is ill health. The number three reason is a combination of retirement, age and ill health. So these are reasons other than money. Uh, and that's always interesting for people because they think that surely anyone selling their business wants maximum, maximum return. Well, not necessarily, because if you're buying an established profitable business, that business has made good money for the owner over a long period of time. And during that long period of time, the mortgage has been paid off, um, the, uh, the the children and the grandchildren have been looked after, um, the owner has gone through the phase of, of, of driving fast cars, that doesn't really interest the 65 year old so much. And, and now it's a case of retirement because they, they've done what they needed to achieve financially. What I've found, and this is a, an interesting um, uh, counterintuitive point is that 
the people who have the weakest businesses, the businesses that aren't really making much money, the businesses that uh, you know are living on a prayer and that you know they might collapse any moment. They're so fragile. They're the people who want the largest amount of money for their businesses. <laughs> it's almost like I haven't made any money for 10 years. So when I sell it, I need to make all my money at that point, which is kind of the, <laughs> the wrong way round. But the easiest people to buy from are the people who have established profitable businesses who want to retire. Wow. And is there any industry in particular that that happens to be kind of phasing in right now? Or is there kind of any trends that you can see? Yeah, I mean, I mean, industries, are, it's difficult because every every industry has successful businesses and unsuccessful businesses. So when someone says, is this a good industry? It's like, well, you're not buying an industry. You're buying a business in an industry. Um, but the, the, the usual rule of thumb are you know, boring businesses, businesses that uh, you know, aren't exactly going to set the, the dinner table conversation alight. You know, the, the businesses that you don't even know exist, that just are there doing stuff, making things, manufacturing things. What you always want to avoid are the the businesses that do things that sound very very exciting um yeah the the, the person who's got the app for example yeah if he's got an app you know it, it must be an exciting business well usually it's free revenue and that it's not making any money and you don't get many 65 year olds of retirement age owning apps so if you think about more traditional businesses um they're the businesses that we want because we aren't creating a job for ourselves we're not going to be there every day managing the business we want the business to carry on as it as it has done for for many years and we want that business to produce income for ourselves because that income for ourselves is the reason why we're doing it and if that business just ticks over making two three four five six million dollars uh, a year then why not? <laughs> why not just let it continue running and, and quietly take those profits? Nice. So what kind of skill sets would somebody either aptitude or skill or something to say, hey, I've got, I really want to go out and buy a business <laughs> to and go, and, and I think I could actually do it. Is it because they have their MBA, their backgrounds in business, they've been running businesses before? Like, how does that yeah, usually I mean, go down? It, it's um, it, it's usually an ambitious person. So it's someone who's got drive, who's got reason for doing it. And and you might think, well, you know, surely everyone who 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 you meet, Jonathan, has that ambition. Not everyone. I mean, I, I actually people come on my courses who say, well, I'm not really bothered whether I buy a business or not, which it seems always seems to me rather rather strange. Um, but you've got to have some ambition and drive. You've got to realize that you know there's a big benefit. There's a there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow here. You've got you've got to work at it and you've got to put the effort in. So definitely people are prepared to put effort in because there is effort involved. Um, there'd be a lots of cups of coffee, lots of meetings, lots of Zooms, lots of conversations. It's going to be frustrating at times. You might feel like giving up, but it's worth it in the end. I've also found that curious people, people who ask lots of questions, people who are curious about other people's businesses and people who have likable personalities. If someone doesn't like you, they will not sell you their business because they don't like you. They would rather sell their business to someone that they like. So if you've got a likable personality, that places you ahead of all the people who, who, who maybe don't have that advantage. Right. And are there people that would be willing to kind of stick around and mentor and go, 
you know, this is how I ran it and will phase me out and phase you in, in order to be able to, yeah. because I'm, I'm assuming that a successful, but if you took two businesses side by side, whether there was a plumbing company or a chair manufacturing company, there's going to be a certain way that they do it that made them successful. And, yeah. you know, throwing a wrench into that system, is yeah, not the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the rule of thumb when you when you buy a business is you don't change anything because sometimes business is going to be quite a delicate balance and you you start you know you change the price and you change the product range and, and suddenly you've actually got a completely different different business so um the owner always stays on for a handover period and that's that's an unpaid period where they are basically handing over the business effectively and my inclination always is to keep the owner on as long as possible because a hard stop where on this date they've gone is never good for um for the customers it's never good for the staff and i think that as the longer you can have someone stay on as long as they're not disruptive it, the the better and you know i i've done many deals where the owner has left on the day of completion and it really doesn't work for many staff and customers from an emotional perspective they almost feel that something is wrong that you know we've we've known jeff for 10 years where's jeff gone it's far better that uh, jeff is there for at least another 6 months and then jeff says oh do you realize that 6 months ago i sold the business I didn't realize that you did that. Oh, yeah, you had you didn't notice, right? So nothing's nothing's changing. And and that segue, that gentle transition um, will get you a better return on your investment. Right. And do you notice that most of these companies that are looking at selling, are they kind of CEO, you know, say heavy? Like, do they have a a day-to-day -day part in the business or are they pretty hands-off and going, yeah, everything's running smoothly. I don't really need to be here. Exactly. Yeah, so you've got you've got uh, there's sort of two two routes really. You've got the owner manager who is in the business every day, an integral part of the business, um, and and that usually is a smaller business because yeah, someone who's got the control over every aspect of the business can really only control a small business. When you get above a certain level, um, and it's going to be different for different sectors, but once you get to a certain size. And that business then has someone who looks after the finance, someone who looks after the operation, someone who looks after the people, someone who looks after the manufacturing, whatever it might be. Then that management team allow the business to grow further beyond what the founder could have done by themselves. And that is actually an easier business to buy because you've spread the responsibility for running the business across four or five or six people, which means that if one does leave, you've still got the other four or five of them. Uh, and also, yeah, it's not dependent upon one personality. And that's important. With smaller businesses, and you know, smaller businesses are quite hard to buy. In actual fact, it's easier and faster to buy a larger business than it is a smaller business. Easier to finance as well. Okay, so you've almost got me intrigued to the point that I'm like, hey, this sounds like a career unto <laughs> itself. <laughs> so, so... And, and when you say that you've gone through more during the lockdown than you did prior to, is it almost like buying and flipping houses or real estate in the in the sense of there it becomes kind of a system that you have and then you just apply the system 
all of a sudden it starts working great we sell it and we can do it again yeah i mean uh yeah i i don't have many clients who buy and sell very quickly to be fair it, it's typically buy um and hold uh and that could be for for a number of uh, of years um or buy several businesses and put them together in some way to create a larger business and then for example i had a client who 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 sold last year and it was exactly four years from the very first acquisition to acquisition number 20. And that was the point where he he got an incredibly good offer and did a deal, an eight-figure, really, really good deal um, in, uh, in just a 10-week uh, time frame, quite an exceptionally fast uh, time frame. Uh, I don't think he slept for 10 weeks, but I mean, it was a, it was a very fast <laughs> time frame. And, 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 and he's actually doing it all over again already. Uh, so, um, so when you it, when you compare it to real estate, uh, flipping houses, it's probably not really uh, a direct comparison. No. Okay, um, but that and it does sound incredibly intriguing. So, with this um, that example that you had of your one client, I just want to kind of go through that. Was he acquiring businesses for the purpose of building a business, or was it acquisition of multiple? companies that ran kind of independently and uh, they uh they were all in the same same sector so they're all okay. very very similar businesses doing very similar things so uh, in different parts of the country so uh, the back office was uh was consolidated but the individual businesses operated continue to operate in their in their space um in their locality are they independent yeah. That's fascinating. Well, 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 independent in in the terms of they're operating in their location, yeah. uh, but clearly sort of re reporting to head office in that sort of um, uh, in, in that sort of structure. Right, because I'm assuming he wants to minimize his <laughs> daily input into all of these things and start systemizing. Yeah, you know, what works over here, well, he, we'll continue to do it over he, there. He got it really right, actually. So what what he did was he hired a CEO. Uh, quite near the start of of that acquisition journey, um, and he ended up with over nine hundred staff, um, and nine hundred staff is uh, you know is 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 going some, um, but he didn't have anything to do with the day to day operations, which um, uh, which meant that uh, uh, he wasn't quite as stressed as he would have been uh, if he'd been managing nine hundred staff. <laughs> right. So, what kind of things are you looking for in a client that? You're going, mm, yeah, I'll take you. So, uh, so my clients typically split into two groups. So, uh, people who own businesses who want to grow their business by acquisition. So, they want to buy similar businesses, complementary businesses, supply chain, the same business, but in a different part of the country. And they want to, to grow that way. Uh, and then 50% are people who come from corporate life who ha have had enough of making money for other people. They want to do it themselves. They've got an entrepreneurial spark and they have researched starting a business. And yet it, 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 I've, I've started businesses from scratch and it's worked fine for me, but you know, we know that it's really hard work. It doesn't always prove successful. Um, it, it looks like a far more de-risked model to go and buy a business that's established, profitable, been running for 20 years, and let's hope will continue to run for another 20 years. Uh, so those are my two categories, if you like, the business owners and the entrepreneurially minded corporate uh, type. 
Nice. And what does it look like when they engage with you? Are you doing trainings with them? Are you holding their hand through the process? How does that work? Yeah. So, so I've got some, um, some entry level programs that we do on zoom. And I, I, so we have people from all around the world. Um, I'm actually running one this week uh, and we do this on, on zoom. Uh, and then I have longer development programs um, with uh, with a smaller number of people where I help them with their first deal. Um, and that help can be anything from um, helping them choose the right business to buy all the way through to um, uh, sort of giving them that moral support to uh, to get the first deal done. The first one is always the hardest, you see. That's where you need the most help. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, can you give us an example of a Cinderella story? I mean, you give us the one of your... Uh, client who had sure. the 20 but give us an, an example of what it might look like being able to work with you. yeah so 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 um one of my favorite clients is uh, is phil phil from scotland and um uh, phil uh, joined my 12 months my longer program last year and in uh june of last year he completed on his first deal and is a trucking and transport business uh, seven million pounds of annual revenue, making one million pounds of annual profit, and uh, uh, and and Phil was absolutely delighted with this. He paid one point seven million pounds, not a penny of his own money. Um, and what Phil didn't tell me until some time later was that at the point that I first met him, uh, and the point leading up to this acquisition, he was actually unemployed. And he was a single parent, um, unemployed, uh, living in a caravan, and uh, he had very little uh, money to his to his name, as you would as you would expect. But he had the drive and the motivation, and his daughter uh, was part of that drive and motivation. Um, and Phil is not just completely transformed from you know, to a business business owner of a substantial business is completely transformed him as an individual. And I always say that when you buy a business, it's not just buying the business, it's the person you become in the process of buying the business. Absolutely, that is awesome. So how do you go about finding businesses like that? Sure, so so uh, the worst place to find a business to buy is in Facebook. places where, <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. You're probably right. That probably is the worst place. Like, what I what I was going to say was is where they advertise for sale. So you know, business brokers. So business brokers like realtors for um for 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 businesses. Um, and the the reason why is because there's lots of competition. You know, lots of people looking at the same business, which creates a compare competitive auction type. You know, the price goes up. Uh, and quite often business brokers can exaggerate to an owner what they will achieve for their business because they want to get the instruction. They want to sign up the client. So they say, oh, well, you're going to make a fortune from this business when unfortunately the reality isn't uh, isn't necessarily the case. Uh, so what we always do is outreach to business business owners. And we don't know at that point whether they want to sell their business or not. We've got no idea. So we have to contact hundreds maybe thousands of businesses and ask them if they're interested in selling. The people who are, are going to phone us. So we we just go out. Uh, it's, it's I don't like using this phrase, but effectively it's mass marketing. We want to go out to lots and lots of business owners and say, are you interested in selling? We have to do it in a slightly more persuasive and an authentic way than just saying, are you interested in selling? But uh, the people who are, are going to contact us. And that's when we take them through a system, take them through a process. And actually I've got this here from, 
from the training I was doing earlier. But I've got this process that you go through and you take it, take people through the process. And uh, at the other end, they're either a business that you own or maybe it's a business that you say no to. Very fun. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having uh, as they're listening to this? Maybe they've tried to uh, acquire some businesses before. Maybe their business is struggling. But what kind of things are they going through that they're thinking, oh, my God, Jonathan, I need you so badly? The When people struggle during the business buying process, it's because, number one, they don't have any support. So they haven't got anyone to ask. I mean, who who do you ask? You, you can't even ask another business owner because so few people have actually bought businesses. You don't know anyone who's done it. Uh, so, so you haven't got anyone to ask. And then you haven't got this system. You haven't got a process to follow. So you're making it up as you go along and you're watching a YouTube video and listening to a podcast and and, and hoping that you'll, you'll absorb the knowledge and information and be able to sort it out. And then on the internet, there's so much conflicting information. You don't know who to listen to. So what happens is you just get very confused. Um, the process takes way too long. The longer a business buying process lasts, the less likely it is to be successful. So uh, it usually doesn't happen. Where the people who are successful have plenty of support, they have absolute clarity and focus on what they need to do, step one, step two, step three, and they go through the process and out the other end comes their first business acquisition. Nice, love that. So I know our listeners are gonna want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Well, contact me on LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn, Jonathan J on LinkedIn. Um, or find my YouTube channel. There's over 200 videos on buying a business, the majority of which are me interviewing people who've been on my courses about the businesses that they bought. So you can you can meet real people, um, not just listen to me, <laughs> meet real people who've, who've actually done this under my instruction. And uh, you just type Jonathan J into YouTube and hopefully I'll come up somewhere near the top. Nice. We will, of course, have all of your links in the show notes. So peeps, you can scroll down. Click on the link, go connect with Jonathan on LinkedIn, but do it in another browser because we're not done yet. So, because uh, you have me fascinated in a way that I don't think I ever have been before. Property was an interesting kind of commodity to me, but I never really thought of business as a commodity unto itself. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm quite at the point where I'm jumping in with both feet, but certainly uh, wanting to get closer to the beach, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> Okay, well, check out my YouTube channel. I think I think that once you hear, I mean, if you if you if you spend enough time on it and you watch like a dozen videos of 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 people who've done this, uh, you'll start to see that that really anyone can do this in any situation, in any sector, in any country. Nice, I love it. So I get to ask you: At what point in life did you know you were special, kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Oh, definitely when I was a teenager. Yeah, I was slightly helped, but my my parents had their own business. So that was um, I, I didn't see anyone do the nine to five um, in my household, which is which is why probably I, I've never done that myself. That's awesome. What was your first business, if you don't mind me asking? A uh, first business. Um, <laughs> yeah. OK, first business um, I did. Um, uh <laughs> no one's ever asked me that i did yeah. magic shows at children's birthday parties I, I was like, i was like 12 13 years old oh that's awesome <laughs> long time ago <laughs> gone, don't, I don't, ask, do that. don't ask me to show you a trick it was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> and have you bought any uh magic 
companies or companies? I haven't. No, related? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's something Such a related. <laughs> That's awesome. You have been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Yeah, uh, su success in, in buying businesses is really the same as success in life. Uh, it's about deciding on a goal, focusing on a goal, uh, deciding the steps to get to that goal and then just taking the first step. And I see so many people who don't take action. They don't take the first step. And the, the more they analyze it, the more they they don't take that first step. So if you move out of inertia into momentum and actually start doing things, uh, you'll find that a whole new world of, of business and life opens up to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it and I know how valuable it is. Thank you very much for inviting me. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to 7 to 8. If you're interested in upping your speaking game, be sure to connect with our guests with the links in the show notes and connect with me to see how we can help you get your tech done for you and help your speaking dreams come true.